Amen. It's great to sing songs about how great God is. And uh, we're going to do something a little different today. As you can tell, things are going to be a little, a little different vibe this morning, hopefully. And uh, as they're getting everything set up, I did want to say, in case you came in a little bit late and you happen to have, uh, or you happen to be in high school or you're in college, just want to let you know that our high school students and our college students are up in the building that we call the Lighthouse which is up the hill, they're doing their own thing. It's exciting, it's fun, it's great. So if you're in high school, you're in college, you maybe got here a little late, didn't get the word, hey, go ahead and make your way up, up there and uh, join in and uh, hopefully have a great time of worship. Um, so like I said, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to hear from uh, just some of our own. And I know when you, we come to church Sunday, we hear the preacher preach a lot of times, right? And uh, ain't nothing wrong with that. Grateful to, grateful to be able to do that. But today, we're going to hear from, from some of the brothers and sisters here in North River. And, and just hear a little bit about their hearts. And what spurred this on also, I mean, we talked about our, our, our services in it. I appreciate Jordan's message last week. Such a good message last week. And if you missed it, please go online. Check it out. Very helpful. Very helpful. Very inspiring to be reminded of what happened, that empty tomb, right? And, and Jordan, he, he, he asked a very simple question through, through a slide up there on the screen that was just so simple. And what it said was, the resurrection, right? So what? Okay? The resurrection. So what, right? What, why, why does it matter to us 2,000 years later? And I think that's a very relevant question. And that's what we're going to deal with today. Because as you can tell, it's a little less crowded today than it was last Sunday. Because some people go, the resurrection, so what? I get dressed up once a year, I go to church, I got to go on Easter. But then, right, sometimes it tapers off. Because probably on some level in their lives, the fact that a man who was dead and rose from the dead doesn't really matter to their everyday life. It's just something historical fact that they may or may not even really, really believe. And so, yeah, they check in, they check out, amen. All right? And so, so a lot of people, when they go resurrection, yeah, they say, so what? And they may not say it with their words, but with their lives. The decisions that they make, the way they align their thinking and their worldview, it says, so what, man? I can live my life with a resurrection or without. And, and today, we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit. And uh, I want to read a passage to kind of set things up. And uh, it's from the book of Philippians, which hopefully we're, we read this earlier this year. And uh, in chapter 3, in verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Okay? And, and, and what I appreciate, another translation says, my aim is to know Christ and experience the power of his resurrection. To know it and to experience it in his everyday life. That's what Paul was talking about here. And he says, you know, I want to know the power of his resurrection. You know what? And also fellow, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. A lot of times we don't hear amen on that one. Right? But hey, you know, that's a part of living this life, dealing with suffering. But so is experiencing the power of resurrection. 
Okay, that's what Paul's getting at. You know, I, I, don't, I, I want to experience the power of that resurrection. And also, you know what? The fellowship of sharing in his suffering, you know, and becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. And I think a lot of people, especially in our, in our country, maybe the West, it's like, you know, they have this mindset. I got saved. Power of God. Praise God. You know, whew, now, now, now when I die, I'm going to heaven. Amen. Well, hold up, bro. I'm, I'm grateful you feel like you got saved, but there's a lot of stuff going on in between. Hopefully you, you go to heaven one day, right? It's, it, what are you doing on your daily living? How, how does the power, how do you experience the power of the resurrection when you sit down and deal with your neighbor? <laughs> right? These are the things that I think we want to ask each other. And so we got an esteemed set of brothers and sisters on stage here, you know. And from different walks of life, you know. And full disclosure, we had a couple folks that had, like, little kids. We were trying to get a good cross-section, but the, the things just kept falling out and not working out. And we, we didn't want to ask them by last minute, right? And so, amen. So we could have had a young family up here next time. Amen. We love you. But that'll save you from emailing me saying, why didn't you include the young families up there? I tried. <laughs> I, know, I know how you think. I done been here a little while, you know what I'm saying? So... Uh, but we're going to hear, you know, from them and just, just kind of an open discussion. And you see this here because, honestly, the vibe also was this is something that can happen in your living room with your family group. You can talk about Jesus, what he means to your life, not just some event that happened, but what's happening now. You can do this in your living room. And that's the spirit of what we wanted to have here, a dialogue, right? Open it up. And I'm promising I'm not going long because Michelle is up here, right up here. A brother get in trouble right there. So I'm going I'm to keep it like that. But uh, I'll start with you, Michelle. But, uh, you know, and, I, and I, I reached out to everybody here. You know, we got Gabe, we got Chip and Judy. I reached out to them and I uh, just said, hey, I want you to think about and reflect, you know, on, on, on a question. And like for you, Michelle, you know, from your life perspective, right, you know, single woman, right, professional, that, that's the, st the stage of life you're in, but when you think about, okay, the power of the resurrection, you know, experiencing the resurrection in your everyday life, you know, what does that look like? How does it inform how you choose to live as a Christian single woman in this world? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it changes everything. It, it, it's not just about who I date, but it's about where I work, how I live, what I spend my money on, it, it is everything. I mean, you know, I'm driving an 09 Honda Fit right now. I could have, you know, a 22 Audi, which is beautiful, and I know the one I'd like, but, <laughs> and if anybody wants to give it to me, I'm not gonna say no, I'll just say that. Um, but really, why, does the car function? Yes. So does that mean that I can give more to things that God holds dear? Yes. Does that mean I can really surrender and look at my life? And, and it's not always fun because, again, I am single. I'm not bound to anybody. There are no kids that I have to worry about. I can do what I want, when I want, how often I want if I want to and not inflict trauma on a lot of people. I can, I can do that. I, I have the ability to do that, but would that glorify God? 
And I'm looking and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, so if God sent his son into the world to save the world, allowed his son to be murdered, then raised him from the dead, I would be wise to pay attention to what God wrote. Like that would be wise for me going forward, whatever life stage I'm in. And so I look at it kind of as, as a whole thing of, okay, yes, when in my friendships, in my relationships as a, as a daughter, as a cousin, as a niece, as, as a friend, as a potential wife, as a potential girlfriend, well, how can I glorify God? Because that's the least I can do for what God has done for me and what Jesus did, what God had planned out long in advance, what Jesus did, and then what the Holy Spirit's power resurrected. It is vastly different. And I do look back at the, you know, the, the delineation line of, okay, this, there was a time when I wasn't living by the Bible. And um, I still have friends from that time who like to tell me when I did things that were hurtful to them, that were selfish, that were self-centered. Um, but now, because of Jesus, because of that resurrection, it, it's not just about me. It's not just I get the benefits and I live a great life. It's they're able to be blessed as well. And God's able to expand, expand love and grace to them as well. And to my family members and to my colleagues and to people I interview, to, to so many people I wouldn't have even thought of if the resurrection weren't that powerful, if it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. If it didn't happen, then I'm not doing this. Yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, I hear you. And what I hear you saying is, if there is no resurrection, why, why not just think about yourself all the time? Exactly. You know, it sounds like you feel like you kind of tapped into that power helps you to be less self-centered and to be more Christ-centered. Yes. Even though, as a, like you say, as a single person, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I sure can. But, and that's the thing. Know. I can do whatever I want. Right. But I'm not going to because the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ's love is compelling me not to. Yeah. And it's not always, it's not easy. Please, please understand. There is some suffering. There is some sacrifice. There is the pull because we're in the West and it's a Burger King world. I can get what I want when I want right away. But am I going to? Because is that going to bring glory to God? No, and ultimately, that is my heart, is to bring glory to God. And because God loved me, not because of who I am, it's because God loved me so much. And Jesus loved me enough to go through all of that. The least I can do is give some things up that are amen. creature comforts. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, amen. Amen. My man Gabe. So, so you're not a single woman. I'm not a single okay, woman. Okay, amen. So you have a different vantage point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, when you, when you look over your life, man, you survey your experiences, you know, what you've been through, the power of the resurrection, like, 
How do you tap into that? How has it, how has it changed kind of the trajectory maybe of even your own life? You know, I'm just, maybe you could share a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, so one of the ma many failures of my life will be explaining what the power of Jesus' resurrection has done. I'm also gonna, on a time limit too, so I'm working with that. Um, but yeah, I grew up, I had the opportunity to grow up very fortunate. Um, from a young age, I saw the life that you can have. And, and God gave me this vision. He created a lot of ambition in me. My dad, he, came, he moved to America um, around seven years old. And my grandma always says that he was a man before he was even a boy. He always told me the story about how he would sell ice cream on an ice cream truck at the age of 13. He would pay somebody to, to drive it around, give them a little cut. So I grew up with this sort of um, go and get what you desire, right? Um, I'm a dreamer. I, I have a lot of you know, ambition. Yours is the Audi, mine is the, the M3, the BMW, you know? <laughs> I grew up just like that. And um, as, I was, as I was getting older and older, I started to, you know, you know, you get your first job. Okay, I got a little bit of money now. Now I can, you know, I can get Burger King when I want it, you know? <laughs> I don't have to ask or, or hear, you know, there's food at home. But as I was growing older and I started, you know, taking on more responsibility and the, and the ability to do more for myself, these desires that I had, I started to see as I can, I can make it happen, right? And um, in, my, in my sinful nature, I'm an idolater. In my sinful nature, I, I am selfish and probably a little vain if you look at, you know, maybe my Snapchat from high school. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I had these desires. I wanted, you know, to be married. I wanted to have, you know, the M3, the nice house, all of these things, you know, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. And when I came across Jesus' resurrection, what I learned was the freedom in giving those desires to God, the freedom in letting him give you what you're desiring. And the biggest thing, if I could, if I could say that you take away from this, is that God will give you all the desires of your heart, whether it looks like what you plan, to look, what you plan for it to look like or not is a different story. But when he gives you that desire, I can promise you he will have molded your heart to be exactly what you wanted. And that's what I learned about Jesus' resurrection, the freedom from what the world put on me, the freedom from what I took down from my, my forefathers. Um, and that is the best decision I ever made in my life. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's awesome. I think my dream car is still the 1978 Cadillac Sedan DeVille I had back. <laughs> if I could renovate that thing, I'd drive it right now. <laughs> For the record, I ain't as updated as y'all. I'm kind of old school. But uh, I was about to say speaking of old school, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I, I refrain. I'm holding back. That's good. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, you know, Ch Chip and Judy, uh, I've kind of known them from a distance more so because they lived in Colorado for a long time, but kind of know, know them through their daughter, Vanessa, and, and her husband, Joe. And, uh, but man, just the, the, like we would, you know, see each other when you come into town and just the kind of connection, the heart, and just knowing, and also honestly knowing how we, fully you served full-heartedly the church there for many years through many ups and downs 
And I do think that in a, in a family like this, it's, it's just so helpful to hear people that have been through some stuff, you know, and are, and are still going through hardships and, and tough times, you know. And, and I just hope that you can convey, when you think about the resurrection, you think about what Jesus has done, how has that kind of kept you going or kept you going through the hardships and, and all the, the things that you've seen? I, I just think that perspective is helpful for all of us as well. So I would hope you guys could share that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was asked, you know, uh, if Judy and I might consider sharing. Uh, um, Jeff said he was looking for a young married couple. And I said, yeah, that fits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Judy and I lived in Denver a little more than 30 years. Most of that time as disciples um, started out leading a family group, later were deacons of hospitality, and then for 17 years served in the eldership. And um, just an amazing experience. But what I came away with, and when I think about getting through the hardships, it's the body of Christ. And I want to share something in Philippians. This is starting in chapter 1, verse 27. Whatever happens, and that's important to catch that right away, mm. whatever happens, mm. conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man, one woman, for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. And whether it's those that oppose you or things that oppose you, the, the hard times, the adversity, the hardships, um, we have the confidence, uh, the faith and hope and the reassurance that Christ has paid the price that he gave us the victory, and that we know there is a place waiting for us in heaven. And that really powerfully compels us, and it's compelled us in our marriage and in our service to Christ, because we realize um, what we have, and in the body of Christ, even more so, what we have in each of you. You know, this morning at the nine o'clock, I met a tall, handsome young man. His name is Chandler. And we talked briefly, and Chandler's from Memphis, he grew up in Memphis, went to Georgia, uh, came down here, was married, and has a seven-year-old son now, um, and he does commercial real estate. Now that's what I picked up in meeting Chandler this morning. And I want to encourage you, each of you, that whatever circle you're operating in, to be willing to expand that circle each time you come on Sunday to meet one more person, yep. to have a little information about the body of Christ here. It's amazing. There are so many, many wonderful brothers and sisters here. And there's a lot of us that we still look forward to getting that opportunity to meet each of you. But at the same time, the ones that we've met in our family group, in our community, uh, working with the Macintoshes, to be part of the worship service, to know Jeff, Tom, Jordan, um, Nick, it's been an amazing experience for us, a very saving experience. We just feel like it's, it's really brought us into a safe, wonderful place. And I mean, we landed here in May of 2019, 
So a year later, we're in a pandemic and really some tough times for all of us, but I'm really grateful of all the technology, all the ways the church has really striven, whether it's through a newsletter, whether it's through the weekly meetings, through online, trying to keep us connected. And we cannot take that for granted. It's too powerful, it's too important, and too valuable. And I thank Jesus every day for this body of Christ. And uh, I do want to say a special shout out to Matt and Sandy. What a way the Spirit works to, to have you uh, sitting here today. They went to Denver. They're serving in a fantastic way there. And we're just grateful that we have that partnership uh, as we all work for the Lord. Thank you. Amen. So many years ago, because of the power of the resurrection, uh, we were able to decide that we wanted to live for the next life and not this one. And so the way the resurrection has personally helped us and helped me is that um, tying into the vine, you know, tying into Christ, my relationship with Christ, uh, on a consistent basis and laying the hardship at his feet and knowing that because he rose from the dead that there isn't anything he can't do um, for us, for our friends, for our family. And so, you know, the fact that we're going to live forever because we have a relationship with the resurrected Christ has personally helped me um, in many ways. Um, I am a type, two, a type one diabetic. I have been for 55 years. And it, um, it's been very challenging at times. I was for quite a number of years taking a five and six injections a day and checking my blood sugar five times a day. 25 years ago, I got a system that I wear 24 hours a day, except when I shower, that really helps control the blood sugar. But the hope I have is, I know that when I die, I'm not gonna have diabetes anymore. <laughs> and I'm also um, not going to have to struggle with my sin or the sin of everyone else. You know, I look at myself some days and I'm like, oh, that wasn't a very good attitude. Um, that wasn't a very kind thing to say to your sister in Christ. And we have that reassurance that someday we're not going to have those struggles. We're not going to have those hardships that Jesus has paid the price for us and overcome the power of death. Amen. Amen. You shared this passage and, uh, you know, about whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And, you know, when, when, when these New Testament letters are written, as has been mentioned before, but it's always helpful to remind us is that the yourselves, <laughs> not you individually yourself. And I think as, as a people in, in the West, and honestly, in the hyper-individualistic America, we tend to read these passages and think, oh, he was writing about me and my, my life. 
And, and what I want to encourage all of us is that, you know, these are, are your brothers and sisters. They, they cannot be what they need to be or can be without you, and you, you can't be what you need to be without them. And that's the way it's supposed to be. So whether it's dealing with hardships or whatever it is, or challenges in your career or whatever, you're, you're not supposed to think, man, I just gotta, I gotta just figure this out. The church is a, a body of believers, and it, and it doesn't make any sense to think of yourself separate from these people on stage, and they shouldn't think separately from you. And, and that's why he makes the point here in this very passage when he does say, you know, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit contending as one person for the faith of the gospel. That shows you he's trying to make a point. He's saying, I'm, t- I'm, I'm writing to all of you as the church be these things. Conduct yourselves as the body of Christ in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. That it's so powerful that your gifts are helping Gabe's gifts and Gabe's gifts are helping, you know, the Gifford's gifts in a way that it looks like you're one person. That's powerful. But that's the power of the resurrection. Something was uncorked. Something was unleashed that had never been experienced before when God rose Jesus from the dead. There was a latent power that was inaccessible. But whatever happened when that tomb was empty connects me to you and us to one another. And that's what the Bible's trying to teach us. It's not that you just have this awesome gift to help you and yourself. No, bring your gift, but you are the body of Christ. We are together. Think of yourself in relation to the church. And that is powerful. But in America, it's so hard for us. Oh, we think so individualistically. This is a sermon for another day. I really wasn't planning on that one, but we're going to have to dive into that at some other point because that is a big, big, huge deal. Um, but I, I just wanted to thank all of you, honestly, for just, just sharing your heart, being honest, being real. And uh, thank you. Appreciate you guys. And y'all can. Um, so they're going to they're gonna head out, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper in, in just a moment. Um, but I did want to read a passage before we take the Lord's Supper uh, in, the, in the book of Acts. And uh, I think I'm doing good on time. How, 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 how many? Put your hand up. How many minutes? I got, okay, thank you. In Acts, in Acts chapter 4, I, I thought this was helpful. As I mentioned, the, the resurrection uncorked something. <laughs> so there's this power that was not really, people couldn't really experience. And in Acts 4, in this passage that we, we've grown to love, all the believers were one in heart and mind. Again, it's making that point. It's, it's everybody together, so, so united that they're like one. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. Why? The power of the resurrection compelled them. With great what? Power. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Power and resurrection affecting a group of people to the extent that they make choices in their everyday life that doesn't, that, that the choices don't just reflect on themselves, but they're thinking about the whole. That's the power of the resurrection. 
when you surrender to it. How surrendered are we? Because they testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them all. There weren't any needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. And then you got good old Barnabas willing to sell what he had and give the proceeds. I mean, just powerful. You can read Romans 6 like, like Jordan read last week when it talks about we are united with Jesus in his death, but guess what? We will also be united in his resurrection. Okay? So it's a daily choice. I implore you every single day at some point of your life, think about I can do anything with the power of the resurrection to help God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but along with my brothers and sisters. Wow, if we could just think what we can do collectively. And, and I, it, it's almost not a better example of like when we sing songs. Yes, you are doing, you are singing song, your song, your part, amen. And without it, there, it would be silence, yes. But it's not about your voice. It's that collective, right? And that's what matters. And that's what matters the most. And don't hear me say the individual doesn't matter at all. It's not either or, it's both and. And our, our problem is we start too much from the individual. And all I'm trying to help you do is to see whatever you give of your gifts, of your heart, of your time, whatever you give, if you can do it thinking of the collective, not just yourself, I think we'll grow into being like Jesus. And you say, but man, I'm tired. I'm tired right there with you. We have to rely on the power of the resurrection. Amen? It's real, and it's available, and it's not just for Easter. That's why we, very intentional we did this today. I even wore Easter colors. I'm like, even though Easter's gone, even though Easter's gone, I'm bringing it back another week. You saw, you saw it, Jordan. Okay, amen. I'm going to say a prayer, and uh, I'm going to take the Lord's Supper. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we are all here and this morning expressing our gratitude that you woke us up, that we can come together, that we can take the body of Christ, this bread that represents his body that suffered, that hung on the, the cross, that we can reflect on that body and, and realize the pain that he endured. And we could take it into ourselves, not just as a ritual, but as an expression of our conviction. That, that body hanging on the cross makes a difference today. And when we drink this fruit of the vine, it, we, we understand that it is representative of the blood Jesus shed, that yes, there was blood, there was suffering and pain, and we will take that into ourselves, just like Jesus took the pain and wouldn't even take a painkiller. But we do this with a conviction and a belief that as we do this together, we are, we are all testifying to the power of the resurrection of Jesus. We are testifying to the power that we're doing this 2,000 years ago because we believe the words that he said. We believe that the meaning of his life still has impact today. We believe that, God. And please help us to think more about each other, not just ourselves. You've given us that example. 
Help us to live in community, Father, as you live in community with the Spirit and with Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.